Hello everyone, welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. This episode with Faria Khan is because Faria was on our February 29th, 2020 live show at the Wonderland Ballroom, and unfortunately it was our last live show of 2020 due to the global pandemic. So for the month of March, I've been catching up with everyone that part- most everyone that participated in that show. Faria is a very, very funny stand-up, and it was the first time I met her uh, one year ago, so this is the second time I'm talking to her. And like most of the people that were on that February 29th show, she is not currently in the location she was in at the start of this global pandemic. Something else that's new that uh, since the start of this global pandemic is we now have a Patreon account. Please consider donating if you have the funds at youmeetthemeverybody.com. It's in this podcast description and it's on our about page. We have been doing this for 13 years. We've had over 700 episodes. If you want to listen to Faria's first appearance, it's in the feed. Here's this show. You were one of the few people I met for the first time. That's how meeting works. That I met on February 29th, 2020. And this is the f- first time we've talked since then. So how has your year been? <laughs> uh, honestly, uh, how do you answer that? I was about to say pretty good, but that sounds bad. Um, but honestly, it, I enjoyed having a break from... Uh, the economy in the yeah. world. So yeah. did, did you get COVID? No, I didn't. Thankfully. There you go. Did you? No. Yeah, I mean, I'm really grateful. I feel really lucky because I haven't been too close to it, but I've seen like, you know, friends, family members and mm-hmm. stuff be affected. And then that always reminds me to just like, you know, Stop, just be re- like really grateful i mean it's just really scary what an insane year did you move because uh more than half the people that were on the show that day have moved most a lot of them out of the out of the state they were living in you uh, lived in new york at the time do you still live in new york so technically like i consider myself still living in new york but i came to uh, live in my parents house and i've like lived mostly at my family's house are you still paying year. rent uh, I'm in a situation where it's really easy because I've, I have an apartment that's like owned by a family member. So like, I'm not going to get kicked out, but I am still paying rent, but I'm like, I don't know. Uh, it's worth it to me because I plan on moving back. So you're like half, you like half moved during the pandemic. Yeah. That's kind of how I see it. Cause I did go back in the summer. And then as soon as it got cold again, I was like, I can't do this. Where are your parents living? Virginia, outside of D.C., actually. So we're very close right now. Yeah, we can hang out. No, we can't because there's still a global <laughs> pandemic. No, I'm just kidding around. Hell yeah. So did you? <laughs> how did you meet Jesse? Because I met Jesse Morin-Ritt when she was in D.C., then she was in Brooklyn. Now she's in L.A. I'm assuming you oh, met yeah. her in Brooklyn? Yeah, I mean, she was one of my best friends in Brooklyn. I'm really sad that she moved. Um, but... Yeah, we she we met through like the comedy scene in mm-hmm. Brooklyn. And um I don't know, she's really cool. We became fast friends and there's like a lot of cool people that um we know through the Brooklyn scene. I met like a lot of like really cool people that I vibed with and I appreciate that cuz it's hard to find that, you know? Have you tried to find that in Virginia? No, not even. <laughs> I don't want to stay here. <laughs> Where in Virginia are you? Uh, it's like Northern Virginia, like Fairfax County. Okay. Have you been vaccinated? 
I actually got my first dose, Hell so I yeah. feel really lucky. What about you? Uh, same same page, first dose. Do you feel like once you get that second dose and you just spend the two weeks, like no matter what the rates are, you're going to go straight back to New York? I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back to New York, but I'm honestly really nervous because I live alone there mm-hmm. and it's super isolating to like be alone there during a pandemic. And I know some people who have done that for like a full year yeah. and I really don't know how they're doing it. So I'm kind of nervous about that, but it is spring and I feel like it was a really nice day like yesterday and I felt full of hope. That yeah. Maybe things are going to be better. Well, you're still working. Are you able to do your job remotely or is it uh, based in Virginia? Yeah, I'm able to do it remotely. So okay. I feel really lucky for that. Yeah. Do you want that to change once there's herd immunity or do you want to never have to go back to an office? I like not going to an office, honestly. Yeah. I like not dealing with people or like having to have like dumb conversations for no reason. I, I really like just like doing my work and then living my life so do you feel like you don't have to scratch that socialization itch because you are a comic and you already get that most every night of the week not during a pandemic no i i deeply need to connect with my friends and stuff that's actually what i've learned is i was really bad about like prioritizing that before and i was just like relying on comedy to socialize Mm -hmm. and then as soon as that went away i was like why am i so like alone yeah (laughs) and so i've been really trying to make an effort to like reach out to my friends and like work on those relationships and i think a time like this really reminds you that like relationships are the most important thing in life and it's not just career I mean, I do really need to socialize, but I don't care to do it through work. I want to do it through like my meaningful relationships, you know? Yeah. Did you, do you find that as an unpopular opinion? Because how old are you? I'm 38 and yeah. I want to make that. I, I only mentioned my age, so you don't feel like you can't <laughs> mention your age. How old are you? 31. It seems that if you're 31, if you're in your 30s, we were sort of taught that work should be part of your social life. Were we taught that? Is that what old people do? No, I don't think it's a taught. Maybe it's just like our, our like 15 years, like five years before you and five years after me, like that group, the, the idea like sitcoms presented work is like work is family and fun. And these are your friends like that type of, and the co-working space thing, uh, definitely encourages that. I completely hate it, but (laughs) no, completely. I mean, look, look, like, I think it's all a fucking scam. Mm-hmm. And I do think, I don't know if you remember my set, but pretty sure, like, all I talked about was hating capitalism. And, you like, did. Yeah. And ever since I started working, I've been like, this is bullshit. Like, we have to do this for the majority of our lives. Like, you're not, you know what I mean? It's toxic to say that, like, your work is your family or your friends because you're forced to it's forced labor like there's no way to live without working and so it's like a trap and it's like so drinking the kool-aid so that you just work more um that's why i don't really care to work in an office like i don't really need to be friends with those people um i will say that i do work with my family so but but like so i love that because i like love my family so i don't feel like i need to go through all the bullshit of being like ha 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 blah 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 but like yeah, I don't know. The I don't know what it's but you know, that makes sense, right? What I just said. Yeah. 
uh, when you were on the show last year, you and a lot of other people were talking about how Bernie was going to win the nomination. Um, yeah. It was, <laughs> how do you feel about that now? Are you, oh my God, I, yeah. not, not just Bernie, but just like the country as a whole, as of right now, for the listener at home, we're recording this on Wednesday, March 24th at 10 30 in the morning. Yeah. Cause anything could change. Exactly. Uh, I mean, dude, uh, I mean, it was so disappointing that he didn't get it, but I guess at the end of the day, maybe, I don't know, I hate to say it, but maybe that was just inevitable because the country's so divided. Why would they suddenly be like, yeah, we should tax the rich or whatever? Yeah. Um, I think the way it went, I mean, it's so fascinating that Biden won with what was the largest turnout in history, like the most like milk toast candidate who's kind of like the guy where he doesn't he never strongly stood for anything and so far in office it's kind of seems what he's doing like he does some stuff that seems cool like how he's like uh providing for kids uh like i don't know social services which is like kind of a socialist thing and then other random stuff like how he has still has like immigrant kids and like i don't know border camps and stuff it's just like it's so like he just doesn't really stand for anything. It was just like the the least controversial option, but it was like the most people that ever came out in American history. Isn't that kind of crazy? It is. Um, I respectfully disagree that I don't think, I do think Joe Biden stands for something, but it's not as obvious as a, I'm going to build a wall. <laughs> like it's not, it, it's, it's the idea of America, which is a super vague statement and i can understand how people say that it doesn't stand for anything but i do believe that that is something and i'm so happy he's president because i like the pain presidents the most uh, the pain president yeah i like guys that like have a lot of death and sadness in their life and oh. he's and I'm, I'm not joking i think that that affects how they behave in the decisions that they make because they understand loss and pain better than people Okay, that's that's true. I mean, like what he's been through is like mm -hmm. horrific tragedies. Yeah, exactly. So I think if you've been through horrific tragedies and you have a soul, you don't want other people to have to feel that pain because you've already had that. You know what I mean? I'd like to believe that. I'd really like to believe that. And I don't, I don't know what to think. <laughs> and I'm very positive because I do believe that what Bernie Sanders represents and what Bernie Sanders wanted to achieve is actually more likely to happen now because he's got a much larger bully pulpit in the Senate versus the president. That's cool. I mean, I hope that's, I hope that stuff changes like in New York right now. Um, I think it's like in a few days or something, New York state is supposed to pass like the budget thing. Mm -hmm. And the local DSA has been like rallying for like tax the rich. And I'm like, that's exactly what we need. But then it's also like the governor, like what's going on with Andrew Cuomo? Like, mm -hmm. is he going to get fired or what? And it's just like, I don't know. That's how I feel about like, like I just started to become like an active citizen. Like I was just sort of an asshole who complained before. And I'm like, <laughs> it's so exhausting to like care because you're like, <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like you care and then you volunteer, whatever. You try to do what you can. And then it's just like so much disappointment. Oh, here's it's the question. What, where's the disappointment coming from? Do you have expectations that you're going to make giant impactful change instantly? I just feel like we should be taxing the rich. Like, why is that even a question? Sure, like, sure, 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 sure. But rich? well, then what? 
what's then I don't disagree, but now what, what do you want to happen with that? I feel like it just seems so simple. No, like, no yeah, like, I get put that. It back into social, so put it into schools. You want it into and schools, don't okay? Schools based on uh, property taxes because property taxes is racist, and like real estate agents were like not letting black people buy homes like just like thirty years ago. You know what I mean? That's more banks than real estate agents, but it's the same idea. And I, I, I agree with you completely. But when you're volunteering, you're making direct change over something that in by the time you die all of these things will likely ha- happen and it's those little incremental things that really matter i guess that's true i guess also i'm like kind of lazy so it's like hard to believe that you know it's, what i mean it's like i hate capitalism yet i'm a part of capitalism yeah. like i have to have a job and work way more than i'd want to and then it's like the little time i have i'm gonna spend like volunteering or whatever that's like a miracle like, i'm not doing that all the time you know what i mean so it's like yes. I don't know. It's just like I think capitalism's stupid, but then it's like I'm tired too, like from capitalism. Do, so it's uh, like how do you how are you effective? Do you want to have kids? Uh, yeah, one day. Okay. The reason I ask is because I know a lot of people that believe all the things you believe and volunteer and all that stuff, and they talk about schools, and they don't have kids, and I find that interesting. I don't think it's a bad thing. Right. I'm just right. I'm just interested in that. Well, I think it's actually a, a really strong socioeconomic stance because it's like. Truly, it starts with education. Like if if schools were better and you didn't have to pay for a good education, then maybe that really would even out the playing field because it's always like those kids who went to like fancy or just, I don't know, those like fancy schools who are, it, it seems like who are running the world. And maybe there's those stories where it's like, well, Jeff Bezos was an average guy, but it's like, I don't know. I just think, like, what school did you go to? I went to DePaul in Chicago. It's not a good school. It's not a bad school. It's a me- it's oh, a medium great. school. Yeah, same. I also went to a medium school, George Mason yeah. in Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I feel like the point is that if we invested in these kids early on, maybe it's not even just purely education, but it's just, like, simply the state believing in them because the state doesn't care. Like it's like such a, a such a thing like the school to prison pipeline. You know what I mean? I like, I, I understand why you're saying that. Absolutely. Um, I respectfully disagree, but I understand why you're saying it. Um, I have the exact not the exact same, but I have a similar disappointment when you find out who graduated from where and how they got to the point they're at. And that's another reason why I'm so happy <laughs> that the current president and vice president didn't go to Ivy League schools for their undergrad. Yeah. And that means something. Yeah, I mean, I believe that. All right. But I think what I'm talking more about is just, like, there's so many people in this country, like, that just every day, it feels like the country doesn't give a shit about them. Like, I oh, live sure. 100%. in Brooklyn. You know what I mean? Like, 100%. like in Brooklyn, it's, like, street by street, you can tell who how much the state cares about you. It's, like... The, the streets with, like, the new buildings that are being gentrified, those are lovely streets. Like, it's perfectly fine. The other streets, it's it's just, like, the tr- like the trees are dead and no one cares. It's just, like, it. you can tell that it is so based on identity. I mean, it's just overwhelmingly based on identity. Like, who's getting help and who's not? I don't disagree with you in that. Way. Do you see the same parallels in the comedy scene? Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, the people that rise to the top the fastest are often, like, 
rich and white. And I'm not saying that they're not talented, but um, that's what I, that's just the truth. And then I do think that there's a lot of people that are really talented and they just don't have the same resources. And sometimes they just carve that out for themselves, which I think is really impressive. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just really hard. It's, it's really, comedy's so unfair. Where was your favorite place to go up in Brooklyn? Um, there's this place, Union Hall. Okay. Is Union cool. Hall going to survive the pandemic? I don't know. I think so. But there was like a few moments where they were like unsure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they might be surviving. I saw like the guy post something on like Instagram the other day. Would you feel so. comfortable performing at Union Hall in let's say six weeks? That means you'll have gotten your second shot and it'll have been two weeks and some of your peers will have been vaccinated. Um, I don't know. Are we supposed to be gathering right that's, now? And, like, and that's what, and that's where I'm at with you. Okay. Not with you, but in general, um, okay. I'm of the mindset where like attracts like, right. And I don't feel comfortable going to an indoor anything right now, let alone a comedy show, let alone like a, a show where you people are laughing. Right. And yeah. even though I'll have been vaccinated and you'll have been vaccinated, I don't know who's showing up that has been vaccinated and I don't want to be the reason in any way, the reason why everybody gets sick. Right. But if you follow comedy right now, there are people doing shows and they've never really stopped. And it's not just outdoor shows. It's indoor shows in cramped spaces because it's their right and blah, 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 blah. And it seems to be a lot of them are the, maybe not the privileged straight white men, but a lot of straight white men. Does that make sense? Really? I, I like don't pay attention to straight white men anymore, so I don't know. Is that what's going on? Some of it, yeah, and also maybe it's just because like those are the only the instances I'm hearing about, and the majority of performers aren't participating in this way. But like, yeah, I follow, I read Seth Simon stuff, and because of him, I I am way more familiar now with like what's going on in the New York comedy scene, and it's 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 not disheartening. It's just like, oh, the alt right is very strong there in ways that. I completely ignored oh, yeah. before. I do still ignore them. That's actually how I process a lot of like the traumatic stuff. Like I just don't want to think about it. But, so where were you but, on January 6th? Uh, I was at home working and I didn't know about it. Until but my really dad quick, home, home is at this point, that's Virginia. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Virginia. Okay. So you, um, uh, was any of it surprising? I mean, it's just, I think what is, I don't know if surprising the word, but um, it's just so like infuriating that it felt like it was almost treated like a joke because it's like, why weren't, like if a, if black people had done it, they'd be like shot dead. Of course. Like it's just so infuriating. That's, I don't know. That's just, I, surprising. I really don't know. I just feel like an overwhelming fury. Like it's just so, there's so many examples like this past year of how things are unfair. And it's like, is anyone going to do anything about it? You know, or like, mm-hmm. it's just like they're still, they don't really have to change. Um, I feel. Sorry, Maya. I understand. You're working. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad yeah. you're gainfully employed. Yeah, same. Thank you so much. Uh, let's close this because you have work to do and I have kid stuff to do. Um, what do you hope to change in the next year? Like personally or personally? Politi- only personally. Uh- Personally, <clears throat> I really want to work on my relationships. I think, you know, this time, like everyone said it, like it's really made you realize like who you're close to, who you're not. And I think before I used to prioritize like comedy and career over stuff. And 
really took my relationships for granted. But now I'm like, I just really want to make sure that I feel close to the people that I feel close to and like prioritize like feeling connected to them because nothing else really matters. You know what I mean? You, me, them, everybody is made by me, Brandon Weatherby. Our theme music is by Daniel Knox. Our art is by Jillian Ron. You can hear all 13 years of shows at you, me, them, everybody.com. If you're listening to this in Spotify or on iTunes, the last year of episodes are available uh, with some sprinklings of the other ones. If you want the rest of the catalog, which features over 700 episodes, you, me, them, everybody. Dot com. Our Patreon page is on our About page. It's all there. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. At sign YMTE. Thanks for listening. I'll hug the places that you've been sleeping. Friends and family, I'll be keeping.